everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Gymnasium with me, XFL Jim, joined by my co-host Chase Lupine Fiasco, the Wolf of Oakland. Monday Night Lights himself, Sesums. And of course, I am the whole buffalo. As That's right. Is. That's right. The whole buffalo. We can never forget this, the whole buffalo. Eating the spicy jerky. It's called the High Country Super Slab. <laughs> that's that's the most whole buffalo sounding piece of jerky I think I've ever. It's uh, really come good and really spicy, and I'm trying to stay awake. I'm exhausted. I got a lot going on tonight, but we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's I want to uh, savor the XFL part. I want I want to save that for the middle. So I want to start. <laughs> Well, college football. Your team had a day. Yeah. Your team had a weekend. Yeah. Mine did not. So we don't even need to talk about Nebraska embarrassing themselves against Illinois. Yeah, but the the Hogs got a very much overdue, like three years overdue win against Auburn that got Brian Harson shit canned. Which I mean, if you're going to beat a team, that's nice. But beating a team and getting their coach shit canned. Uh, that's pretty much a, a win every single time. Anytime you can get a, a hated rivals coach fired is a good day. Yeah. You know, I heard something interesting a few weeks ago regarding Brian Harson, and it was, I, I want to say it was maybe like Greg McElroy, some, some other just like maybe ESPN college football talking head that was saying that he would have been fired um, after the Missouri game. But the issue was that, there's not a head coach on that staff. There's no one that they would have trusted to be a head coach, but I guess they just decided enough was enough. I Yeah, I don't trust anybody on that staff. I don't, we could talk about who we think would be a good candidate at Auburn. I know very biasedly. I think it would be very funny if um, they went the Hugh Freeze route. But they just gave Hugh Freeze a gigantic uh, extension. Libibity did give him a big old extension, but I think it would be objectively funny if he went to Auburn. It would be it would be pretty funny. Uh, I, I'll tell you what: uh, if there is, if I could see it being Bobby Petrino, I could see him being at the top of their list. Good lord, good yeah. lord, that would so. As an Auburn hater, because he is a, I mean, he's objectively like he's been good at places before as an Auburn hater would you be would you accept seeing them rise to the heights that Petrino could take them as long as you know that the fall is there <laughs> that is the, probably the best question I think you've ever asked me um, as long as the fall is there yeah absolutely because um, you know he will bring them to the mountain to, like he's succeeded at most everywhere he's been Relative to expectations, which means at Auburn, he might take him to a natty, but he will leave the when he eventually gets outed from the program, he will lean it, leave it a flaming tar pit of nothing. I don't think he would actually be able to get Auburn to. The I think natty. he could get him there. I think he could get him there. The thing is that he he tries to make up for his deficiency in recruiting personnel with trying to like out scheme and out coach and like eventually it just catches up like you know whenever he was at Arkansas I was excited because it was like all right well you know instead of trying to like out 
Bama, Bama, or out LSU, LSU. He's gonna he's gonna do it with this you know this offense that's that's obviously pretty good. But when it came down to it, it's just like we we just didn't have the we, we didn't have the horses, you know. And I I don't see that really changing at Auburn him being able to to recruit those sort of players because it's just kind of the he's got some terrible relationships with high school. Uh, with high school coaches, like he burned all sorts of bridges. I don't even think you just need to stop at high school coaches. He just has terrible relationships with almost everybody. Just pretty much, yeah. I don't know a single his dog. Yeah, just nobody likes him. No one likes him. No, no one likes him. Uh, I'm still waiting for Louisville to hire him back, though. Louisville will always take him back. I'm waiting for Uh, them to fire Satterfield and just take him back. The other thing, the other name that I heard that, like, I will, I don't know, I, I, I will go back in time and do some sort of act of violence to make sure that this doesn't happen is I've heard Bo Jackson throw around the name Deion Sanders. Oh, Oh God. Do so, not want. Has there been the precedent for an FCS to like sec jump? Um, from FCS. No, I know there's been like FCS to P five. It's not yeah. very common, but it does happen sometimes. Well, I mean, you've, you've got Jim Tressel, FCS to to Big Ten to National Championship. Did he jump straight from FCS to the to Ohio State? Yeah, straight from Youngstown State to okay. to Ohio State. So, I mean, there is a there is a precedent there, and it took. I mean, I think it took it took him at least a couple of years to win a national championship. But I I trust Dion as a coach. Yeah, I trust a, him as a recruiter think, too. I think it'd be a really good hire. He'd be able to fucking dominate the recruiting trail. I don't know. I, I think he's also pretty happy at Jackson State, just absolutely dominating and having his his way with absolutely every aspect of it. Like I, the thing about going to Auburn is that you have to deal with Auburn boosters and boosters. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I don't wonder yeah. how like someone with Dion's like charisma and whatnot would be able to balance that. I don't know. The, those boosters pretty Are much crazy. seem to, yeah, they pretty much have their way with everything that, that at Auburn. I've heard Lane Kiffin's name thrown around too. I'd be hard to. I'm not sure if they'd be willing to pay the amount of money it would take to buy Kiffin out of his contract and whatever other stuff they had built in, saying that he can't go into another like, SEC West school. Yeah, that's that. There's probably a whole bunch built in with that. I've heard. Obviously, everyone's going to be throwing around the Panthers coach. Um, Matt Rule. Matt Rule is going to be thrown around for every job. Yeah. I obviously wouldn't hate it if you're Auburn, just because I think he's going to be a solid college head coach. And then Eric was talking with me. He said, like, he threw in Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. And I just don't know. I don't think he vibes with the craziness of Auburn. He just seems like such a coastal guy. I I think I I could even see them doing, going the cheese dick route again, where they pull somebody who's, not really all that great as a head coach, but they know that they can line up, you know, a couple of big name coordinators under him who really are coaching the team. That they could do that, or like maybe they go like an actual just coordinator route because the G five coach didn't work this this last time. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Whatever it is, I hope they make a terrible, terrible decision. You know, I've gone from being neutral on Auburn. To hating them, not nearly as much as you, but I, I do hate them. You've rubbed off on me. They're they're a very hateable program. They're very hateable. They're hateable for the similar reasons that I really hate Texas A&M now. 
They mm-hmm. have like an unearned sense of superiority. Yeah. And they're very annoying. Yep. All of this is true. And then I have nothing else to add. Uh, other big like college football things that kind of happened to Lane is still on a killing streak. Uh, what happened to Oklahoma State? I don't, I don't know <laughs> good, how. Good question. Like I get, I thought K State was gonna win. I thought Kansas State was the better team, even with Will Howard. I you can't goose egg it. I can't remember the last time I've seen that Oklahoma State team get bageled. I can't. I can't think of a time. Maybe like one of the earlier Gundy seasons against like Oklahoma. Maybe, but it feels like if it just the way the Gundy coaches and the offenses that he always puts out, it just feels like maybe the, this might have been like the first time in the Gundy era that they've been bageled. Very well, could be. Uh, also, uh, North Carolina is like a quiet, quiet seven and one. Jesus Christ! They're gonna win that division, and the way Clemson's been looking. They might give Clemson a game. They might give Clemson a game, which, God, I really just don't want to see any ACC representation in the playoffs. Me either. Because if it's if Clemson go, basically Clemson has to go undefeated. I wouldn't think any one loss ACC champion is getting in over any other P five one loss champion, or even just a strong one loss. P five team like a like say Tennessee loses or like, say Georgia Tennessee has loses. to lose close though. Tennessee has to lose close. Georgia would have to lose close, and then you know, so like, like and then they they whoever won that game would have to win the SEC championship. Exactly. We are in the we are in the. This is the only time where I'm okay like projecting playoffs. I don't like doing it early on, but it's kind of fun to do it now. So say the scenario, Clemson loses to Notre Dame this coming week. Okay. Very possible. Very possible. The way the Notre Dame's playing, they're putting it together. They're looking good. So Clemson goes on to win the ACC at eleven and one. Okay. Uh, we'll probably just say Georgia goes undefeated, wins the SEC. Tennessee loses. They're they're the only loss that Tennessee has, and then Georgia wins the SEC championship game against. Well, we're thinking it's between Alabama and LSU, probably. Oh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is still in it, but I don't see Ole Miss winning out. I see them kind of fumbling. A so lot. I mean, same here. Uh, that's they're in the toughest part of their schedule right yeah. now. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, would, I think that's probably yeah. So I say I would say Georgia probably beats both those teams. So Georgia wins undefeated. Uh, Ohio State is probably going to win the Big Ten. I yeah, that's, Michigan that's, that that, that like Michigan Ohio certain. State game is the game. That's that's the game for the the conference. Yeah, absolutely. I think either whoever wins that goes into the game undefeated, goes into the championship game undefeated. So I'll say Ohio State. So undefeated Ohio State, undefeated Georgia, one loss Clemson, one loss TCU. TCU trips up but makes it and wins the Big 12 with one loss. Hold on. Sorry. Ah. Yep. Adorable. The June bug making an appearance. For those people just listening, this is that's the June bug. You can't hear, but you can see. Yeah, yeah, you can just see the corner of her head, which is enough. <laughs> what's your friend name? That's Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you go find your mama? No, you're just gonna lay here. Okay, keep going, Jim. Okay, and then say UCLA. 
makes the Pac-12 championship game and avenges their loss. So a one-loss UCLA who beats an Oregon team in the Pac-12 championship game, a one-loss TCU, an undefeated Ohio State, undefeated Georgia, they're both in, and a one-loss mm-hmm. Clemson. And then in this scenario, there would also be a one-loss Tennessee. I still think you get... I think you get Georgia, Ohio State, and Tennessee are probably all in. Yeah. Uh, one, I, I think a one-loss Clemson... Well, actually, I would probably go with a whoever... I would go with a one-loss champion of the Pac-12 over Clemson. But what about TCU? If they only lose one? I... I still think you get just based go, off of... Do you go Pac-12 based, or Big 12 is the thing? I think you go Pac-12. I, I lean that way? Especially if, like, UCLA... if. If they if Oregon's in the championship game and they avenge the loss, mm-hmm. I think you go them. So there is a realistic scenario where we could get a Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee, UCLA, which yeah. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be. I, I it's been too long since there's been Pac-12 representation. And I also feel like there's parity. Like I feel like Georgia's probably the best team, but I don't think they're like last year's Georgia, who were leaps and bounds better than everybody else. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. I'm ex- like, I would love this would be like the perfect year for an expanded playoff where you could get like a TCU, a UCLA, Clemson would make it, Michigan and Ohio State would make it, Tennessee's in there, LSU maybe squeaks in and heats up at the right time. Yeah. Ugh. So I thought we could do a little fun thing, go through the top 25. And by top 25, I really only mean the top 10. Okay. Because that's, especially with the playoff rankings, that's really all that matters. Okay. And kind of predict where we think these teams would be come playoff time. Come like when the rankings come out literally tomorrow. Yeah. Where we think these teams will be. So at number 10 we have UCLA. I I, I want to say they're still in the top 10. I don't I think they're they're definitely in the top 10. I think they're definitely in the top 10, but I think they might be sitting right at 10. I think they might be in the same exact spot. Yeah, I, I if I'm being 100 percent honest, I don't see a ton of change in a lot of these rankings. Yeah. Uh, they get, so they have like eight, nine, and ten are U are Oregon, USC, UCLA. I could see that I, UCLA, USC. I could see flipping, maybe based off of like a playoff committee bias because they USC is a name. They could maybe squeak out to like seven. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think you kind of. I think you had it right with you. You flip USC and UCLA. That's how I would do it. But I don't think like the committee. They see USC as a name. I don't know if they do that. I think they do. I I, I, I think hope they, they could because I think that UCLA's p- played the tougher schedule up to this. I point. think hands down they've played the tougher schedule. Yeah. At number seven, we have eight and OTCU. So the only controversial thing here is they're eight and zero. Alabama's at six at seven and one. I don't. Does the so the committee probably looks at the schedules and see? I look at TCU is a good team. They have a great offense. The defense is a little suspect, but and they played like they've beaten all the ranked opponents on their schedule. But they have played a lot of backup quarterbacks. I think that based. They, I think that the committee loves undefeated teams, and based off of that, you could see, you could see, TCU jumping up 
to possibly even number five or six. See, I can see TCU potentially passing Clemson as well. Like, if they pass Alabama, I would put them ahead of Clemson as well. Right, right. So, I could see TCU as high as five, but I could also see them at seven. Alabama at six. I could see Alabama as low as... Seven or eight. Yeah, eight's like the lowest I could see them. Yeah. Clemson, I could see as like six and seven. Michigan... Probably around five, either four, five, or six. I'd put them either or. They've kind of do- like they played not a lot of great teams, but they have dominated. Yeah, yeah. And then Ohio State, Tennessee, Georgia. I, I feel like they have it in the right order in the AP at Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State at one, two, and three. I think yeah. I think you're probably right. I, like, I think that the committee will put Ohio State first. I would see. I think. Ohio State, then probably Georgia 2, Tennessee 3 is how the committee probably puts it. I think it's Ohio State 2, Georgia 1, and Tennessee 3. Georgia hasn't been as impressive like as of late. Like they've been winning, but they haven't been they haven't been just they're not like the the Georgia team of last that- year that was just you know Dog, dog, fucking folks. For that Penn the State game is fresh in people's minds, though, with that Ohio State. And yeah, they turned it on at the end and proved, like, oh yeah, this offense can just score in seconds on anybody. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, like, I also think like the playoff committee is extremely narrative based. And yeah. with Georgia Tennessee coming up this week, I think they want an opportunity to have one and two playing each other. I think that's probably fair. I think that's probably fair. So I, I think they leave it at one, Georgia one, Tennessee two, so that you can have your top. T- It'd be the first time in the playoff ranking history that one and two have played the regular season. Yeah, I, I, I think, think I think they want that. Yeah, because I mean, it's not only about putting the best teams together. It's about, like you said, it's about generating the best story and the best narrative for well, especially for like, the college playoff. So. And then you'll see, like, all the momentum carryover. And then, like, after the top 10, really, one through, like, five through 25 don't matter. It's really good. They, they kind of matter because you can see movement. Like, say, if Tennessee loses, how far would they drop? Who would replace them? Blah, 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 blah. There's a lot going into it. Right. I can't wait for a larger playoff. And it's going to be here sooner than you realize. I know. But when we can project, like, if they had 12 teams we would see like a Utah Georgia matchup potential. Well, I, wait, if they do 12 teams, they get bye weeks, right? I think was it top 2? Ye- top 2 or top, top 4? I think it was top 4. Yeah. So then you'd see a Utah Clemson matchup. It'd be pretty good. Oh, let's uh, let's do this real quick. So let if we had a 12 team playoff, Utah Clemson, I think that's a good game. Yep. Alabama Ole Miss is a rematch, but could be fun. Could be fun. Could be fun. Yeah. UCLA TCU's electric. Yeah, it is. That's points. Take That's the awesome. over. <laughs> and then Oregon USC, uh, probably fun. That's still fun. Yeah. And that's college football. There we go. Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, I mean, you know, woo pig. Um, we're one win away from bowl eligibility. We get Libivity next week, which I saw. I think today we we're like a. 13 and a half. Yeah, 13 and a half against a 7 and 1 Libivity team who's uh which I think your angle is uh fade them since they just entered the top 25. I do want to fade them. They're in a weird position because like that's a lot of points. Mm-hmm. 
for a team that's been pretty feisty, but I do want to fade them for entering the top 25. I do want to wait and see because now the playoff ranking is the one that really matters. Right. So if they're not top 25 in there, I don't know. Also, the trend of uh, interim coaches, I feel like I have to just on principle alone, it's gross, but I have to take Auburn to win win this game. I won't won't begrudge you that too much. Like, Charlotte did it. Yeah. It worked for Charlotte. It'll work for anybody. Rally round the For one game, at least one game. Just for one game. I am taking Auburn this week. Apologies in advance to every Auburn hater out there, but this one week I am taking them. Now we can talk about my favorite thing of the weekend. The XFL logos and team names have been announced. Yep. Oh, look at them. Right there. So we have the Arlington Renegades, the DC Defenders, the Houston Roughnecks, the Orlando Guardians, the San Antonio Brahmas, the Seattle Sea Dragons, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and the Vegas Vipers. I'll have my full-on review and, like, explanation video coming out later this week. But, Chase, what are your opinions? Okay, so first, bottom left and bottom right, uh, you've got... Very sexual. Very Very sexual. sexual. What I saw originally was a banana orgy, and I can't remember who it was on Twitter pointed out that all they saw was a uterus. And, yeah, that's very... It's very uty. That's for sure. It's very vaginal. Very... Yeah. Like, people talk about H.R. Giger being very penile in his art. This is very vaginal in its art. Yeah, the Vipers and the and the Brahmas both have very very fashionable and uterus like artwork. Um, I wish the Brahma. I see, I guess I know what they were going with with the skull, but I feel like they could have just easily used a bull head that didn't look like a uterus and been fine. I appreciate that they did. Yeah, uh, I kind of it, to me. I I see. So they're going for like it's a skull. It's a bull skull, but it also kind of I could see it being like a, a scorpion bug thing as well. Yeah, uh, I will say that the Seattle Sea Dragons owe a little bit of money to Homestar Runner because I, they just have Trogdor the Burninator as their It as is their literally logo. Trogdor. <laughs> and also, just I would I would exit. I, I'm going to Photoshop the Sea out. Like, why even change the name to the Sea Dragons? Everyone's right. just going to call them the Dragons anyway. Right. The logo change is very funny. It's kind of dumb. It like so you. They went from copying UAB's logo to copying Trogdor. Trogdor the Burninator, yes. Um, and I'm okay with I'm okay with it. I just don't like the name. I'll say the the probably the it's a tie for weakest between the Guardians and the Sea Dragons. The Guardians redesign, it kind of looks like um I'll see if I can pull it up. It looks like the the Glacier Bears, the the Glacier Boys from the FCF. Okay. And it like that one just reminds me of an FCF logo. It just looked like a Thundercats. And it doesn't make me think of Florida. No, not in the slightest. It doesn't look that much like it. FC Glacier Boys are a little bit more blue, but it looks it like it just doesn't make me think Florida. Yeah. Now the Roughnecks logo, I can see why they ran into a little bit of copyright issue between the old Houston Oilers logo but it still looks dope the roughnecks logo well so they dope. changed it yeah you, so they i i kind of the redesign it still looks dope they kind of just made it fatter yeah and shorter yeah and it still works it still works really strongly yeah no it does and i i'm just you know like i'm saying it, it just i i can see why they were like the nfl was like nope oilers can't still use fuck it them, but yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I, Defenders and Renegades really simple, but really good. Kind of the same with the Battlehawks. Battlehawks just didn't change a damn thing, which is perfect because that was probably the most recognizable team from the 2020 version. Just don't change it. Keep it going. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. The Renegades, I like their alternate where they have the mask. Yeah. It is simple. It just seems kind of boilerplate. I'm not the biggest fan of DCs just because I like the shield a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that is their alternate. So their alternates are still really cool. Yeah. But I don't, the D with the C, it, it looks a little, it looks like a spur. It looks like a boot with a spur to me. And it feels like a cowboy thing. Yeah. No, I, I get it for sure. I am a fan of the Vipers. It's, I like, I mean, the, I like I mean, the color scheme that they went with for Vegas. I, yeah, yeah. I, I would have been really – I think the Vipers would have been dope with like a like a neon – like neon pinks and blues kind of kind of Vegas – more Vegasy kind of, you know, neon colors. That would have been cool. All, all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with them. I'm yeah. fairly happy, and I think I, I'll warm up to them. The, the thing with like – whenever you see new logos for leagues and whatnot, yeah. they always take a little getting used to because you're just not used to it. The only thing that won't change is my opinion that the Sea Dragons logo is bad and they should feel bad for it. No, the logo is fantastic because they are paying homage to Trogdor the Burninator, and I like that. I hate the name. Yeah. Yeah, come on. You could have just been the Dragons. You didn't You didn't have to lean into Seattle being the official city of the ocean. Yeah, it's you were just the Dragons before. Yeah. Why not just stick with it? It's fine. It was fine. Yeah. I the the big thing that we're gonna have to watch for are next up it's the jerseys. I want to see how some of these jerseys look. Right now, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Vipers jerseys are gonna be dope as fuck. I bet they're gonna look slick. So I bet yeah. the I bet the Roughnecks look good because they looked good before. The Defenders looked slick and clean. If they use their alternate, if they use that shield, I think it's gonna look sick. Yeah. The Vipers if- will look awesome. If the if the Sea Dragons try to do something like the like the Florida Gators did back in the day, where it was kind of like Gator skinny, like if they have like sc- if it has like scales and stuff, then I'm full, fully against it. Yeah, I'm out at that point. Uh, Renegades yeah. can probably just look pretty good. I think they looked pretty good before. They'll still probably look pretty good. Uh, I want to know what colors the Brahmas, the San Antonio team, goes with because it's like a it's like a metallic gray and that yellow. That could be interesting. I kind of like that. And then, that makes me it. think of like a like a West Virginia alternate jersey kind of thing, yeah. where that gray gray on the yellow on the gray. Yeah, I think that would look pretty cool. The Guardians, I'm worried they're going to look like bad Oregon uniforms. I with the the green. I green. think you are pretty. I think you are pretty safe to have that worry. There, there'll be like a mix of like bad Oregon with like bad like Baylor basketball with like the highlighter <sighs> green. Yeah. Yeah, those could be ugly. So potential uniform rankings, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go Vipers at one, mm-hmm. San Antonio two. I'm going to go safe. I'm going to go Houston three, uh, Arlington, the Renegades four, St. Louis five, Defenders six, uh, Seattle and Orlando tied for last. I think the only reason you put you put St. Louis there is because you already know what you're getting. It, you know what you're at? Like they're fine. I like yeah. like I love the logo. I do like the Battlehawks logo. I love cause the all their stuff is cool. Um but the uniforms themselves were just kind of all right for me in 2020. They weren't they weren't one of my favorite ones. Like yeah. I thought the New York Guardians, the black I'm just we you we talked about this with the USFL. Black on red is just so 
fucking good. It's dope looking. It's real dope I, looking. I will say this compared to the USFL, lots of variation on colors. Far less just red. Far less just red. You've got your blues, your greens, your oranges, your uh, your yellows. Lots of different color variations. I do like that. I agree. I agree. The the USFL really just kind of pigeonholed themselves into like everyone had. You only had one team that was blue. You had one team that was blue, and then one team that, that was, was pur- purple the, and orange. The, the the worst color combination I've ever seen on the worst team in the league. Yeah, not a great look, but. I'm happy for the XFL. I'm excited. Season ticket deposits are available now. If you go to Hell the yeah. website, get them. Fifty dollars for go. season ticket deposit, dude. I don't, what? I don't know. I don't know how much the actual season tickets are, but the deposit is fifty dollars. Well, however, however much they are, they're worth it. Get it. Go enjoy. I thought about. Your I thought about um, long football. I thought about talking with our with our Vegas correspondent, our our buddy, Scotty B. I thought I'd have a talk with Scotty and splitting season tickets with him for Vegas. That would be pretty hot. Depending on how much they are. So if you put a deposit on a suite, it's $500. That would be, you know, you know how killer that would be for XFL gym to have a Vegas suite. I, man, I am debating it. I don't know how much the actual season tickets for the suite would be. This sounds like a walkover of a debate. Well, the fact that the deposit is five hundred dollars, it makes me think that like the actual season tickets are going to be expensive as fuck. Be like five thousand dollars, yeah. Yeah, and I don't have five thousand dollars to blow, but if I can get a suite for a game, hell yeah! Oh, dude. Yeah, that so was, I that's plan on I plan on going up there twice. Like I want to go to two games in Vegas next yeah. year. I want to try to go there with you. And then I don't know where they're doing the championship game, but I gotta go. Like it, it just has to happen. If they're if they're if they know what they're doing, they're going to Vegas also. They'll I so since their hub is in Dallas, I bet that I bet it's in Dallas. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, but still, that's an easy flight for me. Yeah. God, I'm just so hyped. The XFL is here. We got the draft coming this month. We're get. We know we're gonna do something for the draft somewhere. Something is going to happen in the garage. And now the last bit of sporting is this is a short episode. And I'm happy with it. That's fine. We had a little NASCAR, so we don't usually talk NASCAR. But when, when something we dope do, happens, yeah. when something extremely dope happens, I feel like we have to. Yeah, dude, this was cool. This was cool as shit. I would watch more NASCAR if shit like this happened all this the time. This is some Ricky Bobby shit. Yeah, so man. Keep your eye on Favorite the bottom left right here four. with Ross Chastain. 10th place it. right now. He's won his way into the championship. Look at that. Let's go get a championship. And the fight for the point. Right at the God, line. Look that's how so... he did it. How? Just, it was a just, video game move off into turn three. Dude, just fuck this car. Let just, me do whatever it takes. I love it. That's, that's bad. Balls that's to the so wall. Cool. That's doing whatever it takes to win. Look at this. Yeah. Scrape just no brakes, all gas, scrapes it, and then bumps like gets the bump to push push himself into what third? That's fifth. That's amazing. so he went from tenth to fifth. He had to get in like to qualify for points and everything. He did it. If NASCAR that's, was like this every week, it makes me uh, think. Honestly, it makes me think of horse racing when you see like a horse just skim the rail. Like with it doesn't look like they have any room, and all of a sudden they just skim the rail to just 
crush souls. But if you're on that horse, it's probably the best feeling. Oh, yeah, no, that is the best feeling in the world. It's so awesome when that happens. <laughs> I had a horse one time that this was, it was just recently retired. It, it made a late run at the Kentucky Derby, but I had it when it broke its maiden at like 34 to 1. On the last race of the day at Oakland, I was there with my friends. I had 10 across the board on this thing to win, and it just, you know, skimmed the rail, probably had a white stripe of paint from the rail on its side <laughs> on the way up just to just absolutely come flying in. And like, I kept telling everyone I was with, you know, I was like, Hey man, if you win, you know, just keep it, keep it cool. Be cool. Don't draw attention to yourself. I went fucking nuts. I mean, you have to at that point. Yeah. And I've loved, I loved that horse for the rest of its career. You just have to like, at that point, you just kind of have to say, I, I have your back. Yeah. You got me at this point. I will carry you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The horse's name is Plainsman. Just retired. Love that horse. Speaking of a little degeneracy, though, it is time. Yes. For our finale. The roulette table, the beautiful roulette table. We have $4,500 sitting here right now. I'm feeling the number eight. God damn it, Chase. I was going to say the same thing. Here's how we're playing it. We're playing it hard. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. What what number was it? 18. We we, we We just kind of lost $2,500 is all. Okay. Uh, You know. know. Massive win. (laughs) Massive win. We won 2000 but we lost $2,500. Yeah. Yeah. Still a massive win. Still, they'll still call it. It just makes you feel good. That's right. That'll do it for this episode of the gymnasium, folks. Anything you're so for college football, we're in week 10 already. Before we go, anything you're watching out for for this week? Oh, I, I'm so like buried in the Breeders' Cup at this point that oh. I, I have, I, other than Arkansas playing Liberty, I'm not even sure what's going on. I do know that I hit my third straight week on tally site in the top 10 with the uh, totals. The Undertaker, the Undertaker. The Undertaker. My man is keeping it busy. Check out the previews. Chase, where can the people find you? Yeah, check out my horse racing pod. Uh, like you just mentioned, I had uh, a three-part series, the build-up to the Breeders' Cup with uh, Ren Carruthers, uh, my buddy Caleb Knight uh, from across the pond, Malcolm Bamford to uh, give a preview for some of the Euros. Uh, so check out the, the, the pod, the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Then tomorrow, let's see. I'm going to be on the the Sports Gambling Podcast talking Breeders' Cup. I'm going to be on a uh, a some, something for the for Horse Racing Nation uh, previewing the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. After that, I've got a fantasy stable draft for the Breeders' Cup with uh, my buddy. Uh, he failed to menace, but he succeeded in our stealing our hearts, Matthew DeSantis. And then after that, I'm recording another episode of the Notorious OTB with uh, my buddy Boston Tom, Tommy McNamara. Uh, talking, gonna be playing the Friday Breeders' Cup card like we're in the BC, BC, the Breeders' Cup betting challenge. You're a busy man. Yeah, it's gonna be an insane couple of days. 
<laughs> Y'all know where to find me at XFL Jim on Twitter everywhere. Basically, I got a lot going on this week. CFL Week Twenty One recap. The finale of the spooky season is there. Halloween may be over, but spooky season lasts just a couple days longer. Uh, CFL regular season recap. The XFL full on logo deep dive coming out this week, and the CFL playoff previews because it is the postseason of. Canada's League. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of the Gymnasium. Bye-bye! Bye!